Hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, the newest episode of Heal Thyself. Thank you for joining the show as always. Appreciate your time. Appreciate your willingness and openness to learn new subjects you may have not known about. Um, going into product reviews with an open mind and then also distinguishing for yourself and empowering yourself what you want to do. And then opening your hearts to the amazing guests that we have with information that one may not resonate with you, but actually plant some seeds for you, but also things that can really empower us. So today, really important episode because I'm going to be speaking about cell phones, the effect that cell phones have, how addicted are we to cell phones, the effects that they have on us and our children, which are much more than you may think. So after this knowledge bomb, you're going to be looking into how much you're using a cell phone and how much your children may be and then how to reduce them. I'll give you some really good tips. And then an awesome guest, one of my close friends, one of the most creative people I know on the planet, Nick Onkin. He's an incredible creative, but also he's going to speak about his method and to how he increases his creativity and how cell phones and electronics mess up his creative flow. All right, so without further ado, let's get into that knowledge bomb. All right, electronic addiction, in particular phones, all right? So since the advent of cell phones, uh, we've been exposed to this new stimulus, right? Not necessarily one we evolved with at all, but our brain and our physiology has to adapt, as it always does, to survive, adapt to this new stimulus. But this new stimulus is unprecedented because it's something that we are stimulated by every single day, all day most of us, right? So the brain's still adapting to this level of consumption and it's an unnatural level of consumption. Additionally, we are giving this overstimulus, overconsumption of apps, which are designed to keep us there and make us addicted. And also this, this blue wavelength that we're getting from electronics is affecting our health overall. And we'll learn about a little bit about that later in this knowledge bomb, I'll speak about it. But in the last show, if you listened, Matt Maruka spoke about the importance of blocking those blue wavelengths. So I'm gonna talk about why that's really important in the context of us and our children too, right? So it's our eyes consuming this, this wavelength and it's also our brain being affected by it, all right? So you may have heard of this term, it's called nomophobia, right? It's not an official DSM term recognized in the research, but nomophobia is no mobile phobia, right? When you're not with your mobile phone, that fear, the anxiety that comes from being away from it, right? So according to the Pew Research Center, this is a study back in 2015, showed that 46% of Americans cannot live without a smartphone. They were already addicted back in 2015. And I'm gonna link uh, this really cool website, it's called Bank My Cell. This is a organization which has a whole section on smartphone addiction where you can check up on up-to-date research, but they have an awesome breakdown or infographic about a lot of these statistics. So I'm going to read you some of these statistics that might blow your mind. People check their phone 47 times per day minimum, but that can go up to hundreds of times per day. Think about how many, how many times a day you unlock your cell phone and then you open up an app. It, you, you'd be shocked if you started counting. Uh, so 85% of us will check the device while speaking to family and friends. How many of you have been guilty of that? I have. But let's be more cognizant of how often we're using our cell phone around loved ones, all right? The average user will tap, swipe, and click their cell phone 2,617 times per day. I had no idea I'd do anything in the day other than think 
more than 2,000 times a day. So it's pretty incredible, or breathe, but it's pretty incredible how we're up there just with our thumb and what we're doing. So it's, 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 it's wild when I learned that statistics. 47% of those folks will try to limit usage, okay? Cognizantly going, I want to limit my usage, but only 30% succeed on average. Um, and I'll give you some more tips to succeed so you put yourself in that 30% or more, okay? Um, the average amount of time we spend on cell phones is two hours and 51 seconds per day. But I feel like that's even on the low end, especially if you're working on it, especially if you're on Instagram all the time uh, posting and part of your work is on Instagram. So for me, I know that because I do a lot of work on Instagram, my average time is way more than two hours and 51 seconds a day. It's more towards four hours or so. I have a uh, timer on my phone that tells me how long I've been on Instagram and it cuts me off at three hours. Usually that hits at night, but sometimes I'm on there more in the day and it comes on earlier, but we can do that, I'll tell you how. 47% um, of parents say their child is addicted to their phone. And we have negative effects on distraction in school and their overall behavior, right? Technology and screen time basically rewires brains, particularly in children's brains. And it appears that when you have increased screen time, that neglects the circuits in the brain that control the more traditional methods of learning, like reading, writing, and concentration, right? The old school ways that we consumed through reading, writing, and concentration, now they're being rewired to adapt as if, as we do incredibly as human beings, we adapt to the new stimulus, which is overtaking that. And as a result, we're seeing increases in distractions at school. So 27% increase in depression in eighth graders who are heavy users of social media. And teens who spent over five hours a day on their phone had a 71% increase in suicide versus those who spent one hour. And also those who spent five hours a day had 51% reduction in sleep. So let's think about not only us, but our kids or you know, our kids and family who are teens who are using the cell phone. And if they have any of this disrupted sleep, trouble in school, if, think about if it got worse once they started really using their cell phone over the past five, 10 years, okay? So as far as cell phone consumption, US is number three behind China and number one, Brazil. So here are some tips. Let's look for warning signs first and foremost. Think about this. You can't keep off your cell phone when you're conversing with someone. That's a major warning sign, right? You have the impulse to grab it even when you're with someone or you have few, let's say we sat down for an hour. Will you have the impulse to pick up your phone? And then ultimately, will you pick up your phone? Um, you have trouble concentrating or you can't finish work or chores, right? You set out to clean up your whole living room or kitchen and you check your phone five, 10 times, right? You become forever distracted by your cell phone or wanting to check it, that distraction in itself. Uh, you begin to experience sleep problems. You need to be on your phone or otherwise you have mood changes, right? Anxiety or irritability. Uh, you have the fear of missing, right? That you're like you're missing something when you're not on your phone. Uh, and then you mask your phone usage. You go to the bathroom while at work just to check your phone. These are all warning signs that you're suffering from nomophobia. I sound like a pharmaceutical commercial, but yeah, these are warning signs because it's showing us that our brain is being rewired to the stimulus of the cell phone, which is ultimately affecting our whole physiology, our overall health. And we don't even know the conditions of what happens long-term, right? The implications of what we're gonna see. It's fairly recent. It's fairly recent, the advent of cell phones. So um, I just want us to all be cognizant now, all right? So here are some of the few uh, statistics and studies that blew my mind. I got some more for you. Tiger Mobile uh, has a nice article on some of the studies that they link on it. Um, MIT did a study a few years ago, and they said a 
when they just took the cell phone away from the subjects for 24 hours, uh, the majority of them were already expressing anxiety and confusion, right? And other, show, other studies show the same thing. And also other st studies were showing that this manifests for folks even in physical changes like increased prolonged blood pressure changes. So really interesting one in the Radiology Society of North America, they found an imbalance in brain chemistry in folks who were addicted to their cell phones, right? So a small study and they had 19 subjects, right, with an average age of 15 and a half. And these subjects were diagnosed with internet or smartphone addiction. So not only did we see the subjects with the highest score, the highest score on the survey, uh, and it's a standardized survey, the highest score of smartphone addiction, having symptoms of more depression, anxiety, insomnia, insomnia, and impulsivity, but we also saw a change in the brain scan, right? So what we're seeing is a change in the brain chemistry, the neurochemistry, okay? Now we have neurotransmitters in our brain, and you, hear, you heard me speak about GABA, and you might have heard me speak about glutamate. GABA and glutamate are sort of antagonistic neurotransmitters. GABA is a more calming neurotransmitter where, um, I mean, you can take a GABA supplement and it's actually indicated for relaxation. Um, and glutamate is the more excitatory one. Glutamate is the one where uh, parts of our brain uh, are signaling to each other, how cells signal to each other. It's, it, it, it's involved in almost every excitatory function in our brain, right? So now you have two antagonistic neurotransmitters. What we see is that there is an actually an imbalance in the ratio of what is signified as healthy or normal, we see a, a disproportion in the ratio of these amino acids. And it's called the anterior cingulate gyrus, that part of the brain which is involved in empathy, impulse, control, emotion, and decision making has an imbalance. So now we're seeing these very emotions uh, or, or brain inputs being compromised by just using cell phones in an addicted fashion. And I think the biggest problem is that children who especially have the smaller brains, but having the same amount of exposure, they're getting a disproportional amount of stimulus from the cell phone to their smaller developing brains, right? So without going into brain cancers or EMFs, which is actually in itself a whole show, which I will do, again, let's recall the last show where Matt was talking about the blue light wavelength and what it does to the brain. Not only does it reduce or disrupt normal hormone function, but also we're seeing changes in the brain. Now there was a landmark study by the uh, National Institute of Health, and this was a $300 million study. And basically what they were doing is MRI scans that track brain changes in children who use their cell phone with varying amounts of time. So the children who use their electronic screens more than seven hours a day had profound changes to the prefrontal cortex of the brain. This is important now, right? Because that part of the brain is involved in complex cognitive behavior. What's that mean? Planning, speech, logical reasoning, decision-making, personality expression. So all of a sudden, the, children's with pro the children with prolonged usage of cell phones have actually a reduction in this part of the brain, in the volume of it, right? So all of a sudden, this part of the brain, which controls basically our internal goals into thoughts and action, is being affected by children with increased cell phone usage or electronic screen usage versus the kids who are using it just two hours a day. It's incredible. The brain is actually adapting to the stimulus and not for the better. So I want to go over some behavioral criteria which would help identify smartphone addiction. And up to date, this is the most accurate criteria. It was published in the Journal of Clinical Psychiatry by YH Lin and their group. So in this, uh, I want 
us to pay attention and see if we fall into these criteria. Um, and I'll tell you how many we need to fall into, but let's start off with this. Continued inability to resist the impulse of the usage of the smartphone, symptoms of dysphoria, anxiety, irritability, after a period of withdrawal use, using the cell phone for a period of time longer than intended, persistent desire and or unsuccessful attempts to quit or reduce smartphone usage, heightened attention to using or quitting smartphone use, and persistent smartphone use or despite recurrent physical or psychological consequences, okay? See if you fall into any of those. Now here are the functional criteria. Excessive use resulting in persistent or recurrent physical or psychological problems. Use in a physically hazardous situations like driving or crossing the street or any other ones that have negative impacts on daily life. Use that impairs our social relationships or performance at school or work. And lastly, use that is very time consuming, which is causing us significant stress. Now, the diagnosis rests upon the presence of three or more of the main criteria, which are the ones I mentioned before of those six, and two or more functional criteria, the ones I just mentioned. So C, three or more of the main criteria, two or more of the functional criteria, if we fall into any of those. If we do, then it might be time for us to start making interventions or seeking help. And there are groups out there which can help support reduction in cell phone usage. And I'll talk about a few things that I suggest, um, but also you can do an online test if you're um, unsure about these criteria. There are some online tests which will help guide you more. So here are some of the solutions, okay? It's what works for me, uh, but certainly things that we can start putting into practice for ourselves and our children, all right? So uh, I speak a lot about rituals, and in my rituals, I do not use my phone in the morning or at night. So let's say I take two hours in the morning and one hour at night, that's three hours of no cell phone uses that's already cutting it in maybe let's say a third, uh, which is really powerful, right? So 80% of the people are checking their cell phone before bed and 35% of people are checking it five minutes before bed. So for us, what we can do is turn on that red light feature. There's a red light feature actually where you triple click, I'm sorry, you set it up and then when you to activate it, you would triple click the side of your phone. But um, go online and there's it's in the settings, but you can do a red light feature where uh, all of a sudden, come nightfall, you activate that and your phone is not releasing the blue waves like it does when the feature's not on. Um, also, I will use the red light feature. I'll, I'll activate it during the day when I know I don't want myself, I don't want to be using my cell phone or distracted by the cell phone because it's hard to really enjoy uh, a lot of these apps when the red light feature is on. So I think that all of us should be putting on that red light feature every single night. Timers, I mentioned the timer. There's one that I have for Instagram, which alerts me when it's been three hours, but also you can look at your cell phone usage on your phone throughout the week, every day of the week, and then it'll compare it to the week before. So you can see the trend if you're an analytics person. Uh, set up a dopamine detox day or a few times during the month where you get off of your cell phone. I'm not gonna go into that because uh, our guest will be speaking about this. So he's gonna talk about all his uh, tactics that he uses to optimize his creativity and reduce that dopamine, uh, those dopamine hits that he gets from the phone. Um, think about day and night blockers. Now this is really, really powerful because I think this is one of the major answers to getting off your cell phone or reducing cell phone addiction, even if you have kids. So, uh, Again, Matt came for the last episode. He is the founder of Raw Optics, which I do believe is the best blue blockers out there, or one of the best. Um, and the day and night blockers will be helpful because 
if you use the yellow glasses during the day, it'll reduce that blue light wavelength. It'll block it actually, but it'll keep the other wavelengths that you need during the day. And then when you put the orange ones on at night or the red ones on at night, it'll block completely all of the blue light and any other stimulating light that you don't need. So really important that is if during the day you're working on a computer or you're in front of your tablet or you're always on your phone or you just watch a lot of movies, that you have those yellow light day blockers on. The night ones, we already know, I talked about so much, but you gotta get those day ones in. This is really gonna help uh, reduce that wavelength into the brain that's affecting the brain physiology. It's not gonna reduce the stimulus. The stimulus is gonna be there, especially the, the impulse to open up an app. That won't be reduced, but it'll help reduce the negative effects of that wavelength, so really important, okay? So for kids, they absolutely should not be having their cell phone near their head, adults too. So try using speakerphone or even a um, uh, headphones, especially never in children. It's really important that they're not using that phone near their head because they have the developing brain and it's going to be near their temporal and frontal lobes, which can have. We don't even know the effect that it can have in in young children with developing brains for cell phones. Um, I want to do the EMF show, so that, that will be coming up. So, and I'll talk about a little bit about that more. Children under two should never be on cell phones. They shouldn't play on cell phones. They shouldn't even be using screens. Uh, try to reduce that as much as you can. Increase play for face-to-face -face time. Make sure you have that time and get the children out in nature instead of games. I know this is obvious, but it's, it's not practiced by many people. Like, not like the way it used to be when I was a kid, okay? All screens should be used less than two hours a day because in those studies we saw that Children who were using it five plus hours a day had the really negative effects versus the ones that were using it two hours a day. So I think we should cap it at two hours a day to be reasonable. So, um, you know, having it, having the timing on for a children's cell phone or, or I, iPad or whatever they're using. Um, and when they are on the phone, try to encourage the more, the, the usage of more learning apps and the, the ones that really distract them. Uh, and again, encourage family connection, build that family community, especially at the dinner table, don't allow the cell phones, um, and keep them out of the bedroom. These are quick interventions that we can make, but it'll make a major difference in our health and our children's health. So I really hope that helped. Some crazy statistics, I was really shocked at some of them that I found. Um, so again, easy stuff that we could start doing, get your blue blockers, uh, be aware of how much you're using your phone, put some timers on it, and pay attention to how much your child is using the, using the phone, and if it has affected their schoolwork or their sleep or their behavior or their mood as well as yours. All right, special guest time. This guy, Nick Onkin, is going to go into creativity, going into dopamine detoxes, going into masculine, feminine, spirituality, everything that you want in an interview we're going to have from this professional, creative mind. Let's get into that special guest segment. All right, everyone, the special guest today, a real friend of mine. He's amazing at what he does. I always talk about the importance of creativity in the context of our health, right? And a lot of us don't tap into our creative selves. So it just so happens that I have the creative guru on here, Nick Onkin. He's a photographer, but also he's a creative alchemist. I don't know what that means. We're going to ask him, but you may have seen that hat that I wear that says heal thyself on it. He's a creator of that. So Nick Onkin, without further ado, man, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we, 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 it, it's nice because um, we're friends in real life. Yeah. And you're here in LA for like the first time in this whole quarantine. Yeah. 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 And so, so how how does the energy feel here versus New York? Because you're, you're from Williamsburg. How is how is what's what's here? Like, is it different? 
Yeah, you know, I mean, I think the overall energy is is there's similarities in the terms of like the overall pandemic that's happening. Yeah. But I feel like in the in, if you're in your own pockets, you create and if you're creating your own energy within that. So like we all hang out in a similar vibe of of tribe and people. And I think that creates and breeds its own energy in and of itself. So I don't really feel like I'm, I actually feel more alive here because like a lot of my tribe is here. Mm-hmm. Now I think all my tribe has like left New York. I mean, it's like flee. mass exodus from New York. It's oh, crazy. Shit. I think we may see a little mass exodus out of LA too. It's it's crazy. I'm hearing that. I'm hearing that. I'm hearing that Austin is like the game. That's a new place <laughs> to go. Um, all right. Well, so, so you mentioned like putting yourself next to how, how important is it to be to have a quote-unquote tribe or like people that you resonate with in the context of your creativity well i mean life is about the people you meet and the things that you create with them right and i think that tribe and who you surround yourself with is absolutely key and and your surroundings i mean that goes all the way from i mean i like to curate and create my even my own apartment my own like space because what you absorb what comes in so it goes the same way with people right if you create and curate the people that you hang out with you're constantly absorbing right the whole mirror neuron thing Mm -hmm. i really believe that that's that's so huge so i think creating the tribe and you know creating that um, environment and people that you hang out with it just raises your energy raises your creative inspiration might raises my creative inspiration Mm -hmm. and um that's why I like to hang out with so much, so many creative people, like entrepreneurs, creatives, everyone, like you. And mm-hmm. I think just that synergy creates this, like, um, just a, a massive, you know, up leveling. Yeah, because you're, you're always inspired continuously. And I always tell, like, the viewers and listeners, are you intentionally bringing people into your life who inspire you, right? Or are they like anchors? that are totally bringing down not only your creative self, but your health, your mental well-being. So um, I think you're, you're very intentional about yeah. who you bring into your life. And what is, do you have a criteria where you're like, okay, intentionally speaking, or do you just feel it? You're like, oh, wow, this person is, is a good vibe. I think it's like, it's a little bit of both, right? I mean, we always have the, we'll talk about the masculine feminine yeah. um, later, but I think... I always, you know, I, I believe that creativity comes, starts with intention. So it's creating the world around you, right? And um, as you think, as you create, you create that. So it's really being intentional of who you pull into your circle and mm-hmm. who, you, who you let in, who you let out, right? And how much, I think it's also about, you know, toxicity of relation, people that are toxic. I, I can vibe that out and I don't even, it doesn't even like enter enter mm-hmm. my uh enter my sphere because mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> i don't want that kind of energy in my life i don't i you know i think for me it's really about creating that um it's like an art like it's like a canvas right you're right. just always creating and designing like tim ferris's four-hour work week design your life i think every aspect of your life can be intentionally created the way you want it to be mm-hmm. right and that comes with making the decisions that you want to make to create that. I love that. I love that. It's and, and I could vibe with that because I become more intentional about like, wow, is this person inspiring for me? Right? Like, do you feel? I've yeah. been using feelings more as a compass than anything cerebral, right? Like, oh, I should get along with this person because this person is into this, but really, what is your feeling on it as your compass? And I tell people, I'm like, that's your you have no other compass other than intuition and feeling. Right. So it's beautiful that like you've become like very intentional about it. You mentioned your space. What, yeah. how important is our, do we, does everyone need a creative space? And if so, why? 
I think it depends on the person. I know for me, I love curating my space because we're all creatures of habit, right? We're all creatures of what's what's right in front of us, what's easiest. So I think if you're intentionally creating your space to guide you in the direction that you want it to be, Mm -hmm. whether that's creative inspiration, whether that's, you know, taking time to, you know, have promote health and wellness, you know, my whole apartment, like I make things easy for me to Mm -hmm. have access to that I know that I'm going to like, I'm just going to subconsciously take in. Mm -hmm. It's almost kind of like doing, um, so I did these, I've I've been doing these dopamine detoxes. Mm -hmm. And one of the ideas in there is, um, is that you, to, to be able to make it easy for yourself, you, you make, you set it all up ahead of time. So it's like you're consciously creating the space so that when you're in the actual detox, you're not going after your phone because you put it in the drawer or if, or if you're really extreme, you've given it to somebody so that like mm-hmm. you can't get it. They won't give it back to you until then. Right. So that's it's like really being intentional about that and crafting the outside of it and crafting the structure. And then you have the space to to play and to like let let it flow mm-hmm. on the inside. So creating the space you know, for me visually and having books everywhere, having, you know, my magic table, Mm -hmm. you know, just right in front of me, it's right there all the time or having, you know, my hat stuff all just, you know, when I make hats, it's like all the tools are just sitting there so I can just walk over and pick it up and do it. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, it's, it's really about intentionally crafting the space to guide yourself into doing what you want. No, okay, wait, so backtrack. Now, since I've known you, you've done more than a few dopamine detoxes. What the heck is a dopamine detox and what are you (laughs) detoxing from? Um, I actually, you know, it was really through this time, this quarantine that really um, inspired it because, you know, being home so much, uh, I was just listening and taking in information constantly. It's like I get sucked into all these videos and like, you know, all these 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 rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. We'll just we'll leave it there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and constantly music and book like audio books and like computer time all day podcasts podcasts and all this stuff and pretty soon my my mind is just overloaded and i stumbled across this youtube video uh with this guy uh, andrew kirby Mm -hmm. and he kind of outlined he like talked about how dopamine affects the body right so everything we do stimulates like releases dopamine stimulates you we get addicted to that every time we check our phone every every time we're like jonesing to check our phone we're waiting for that dopamine release, but it's not just in your phone. It's in your computer. It's a, you know, just TV, television. It could be, you know, um, it's like sexual activity, mm-hmm. uh, like junk foods. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. like just like, uh, what do you call the it? The input you're taking in and it's like giving you the reward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when you cut that stuff out and he has, there's like different, there's three different levels of it that you can do. The first one's mainly just like digital and the second one you're cutting out. All you're really doing is extra, you can exercise, you can go on walks, you can meditate and you can't even read books or listen to music because music is also stimulus Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and books are also stimulus. Mm -hmm. So like it it really roots in the idea of stoicism. So you're just really thinking and like taking time to think and process and like contemplate and you can journal. Um, and then he has like one called the time theorist, which is like basically you just sit on a couch for 24 hours. Oh, that sounds brutal yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, me too. Me too. That's a tough one. That sounds like uh, the silent meditation retreats in my head too that I haven't done, but I want to. Like just being there quiet for 24 hours. Those, some of those are 48 hours. I can imagine what comes up, but um, 
I'll stick with the phase one yeah. with the meditation and journaling. But I love it. I actually would challenge all of the readers, I mean, all of the viewers and listeners right now, can you set up a dopamine detox next week or the next few days? Yeah. Where basically, so let's get this straight. You turn off your phone and if you're really addicted to it, you may have to give it to your partner or a friend. Yeah. Uh, but you turn off your phone, you put it somewhere and then let's, you're allowed meditation, journaling, but no music, you said? Yeah, no music, no books. No books. No, okay. no sex or masturbation, no tech, mm -hmm. no junk food eating, um, okay. no st or stimulating foods. Yeah, so just maybe like planning out if you're gonna do 24 hours, like what meals you'll eat that are really like nourishing versus like junk stimulating. Exactly. Okay, yeah. really So cool. nourishing foods, vegetables, kind of basic, you know, not, not really like, yes, no stimulating foods, right. essentially. So, so what has that given you doing this practice and how often do you do it? We'd like to know. Um, I probably need to do it again after like the, when I was in quarantine, it was a lot easier to do it. Yeah. Um, but 24 hours, uh, and usually I'll just like the night before I'll just put my phone in the, in the, in the, uh, I just put it in the drawer mm -hmm. and then I wake up and I don't touch anything and mm -hmm. then I don't do it until the next morning. Mm -hmm. So basically a full day. And what that's doing is kind of resetting your, your attention. Nice. Um, because I we that. all, I mean, I, I, and I don't know if you probably experienced this, but like over the last like five or six years, it's just, I get this, like, I call it adult ADD, but it's just like from, it's like my split attention from all of like the different digital things when, you know, when I'm on my computer, I have like three web browsers with like 10 tabs open each and like 10 programs open. And I'm mm -hmm. like constantly switching back and forth. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the most healthy thing, but that's just kind of like the way I operate. But like, it's my, my attention span is like going all over the place. And then I'm checking my phone and like, you know, you check Instagram and it's just like this constant like bombardment of stimulus. So I think if you can reset it, you know, and get past and then you go through the day and you get through that jonesing for the, to touch your phone, you kind of get, start to get used to not looking at your phone. Mm -hmm. It resets your attention span. Yeah, it's, it's actually, I forgot what it was. I think it was 12 second attention span went down to eight or eight went down to four, but our attention span has cut down so much. So absolutely I've experienced it because you know, a lot of my work is on my phone. Yeah. So then like now I'm like having to do something that requires my attention and I was like, God, I used to be like so much more like focused and present on something. It's it's wild. The dopamine detox may be really helpful yeah. for us. Maybe if we even try like one day a week or once a month even starting, just no phone, 24 yeah. hours. I remember when you were doing it, I texted you a few times and I was like, what happened to this guy? <laughs> Where'd he go? Yeah, I was like, what happened to this guy? Um, but, but yeah, I, I love that you do that. And I actually am inspired to do it soon, very soon. Yeah. It's really powerful stuff. Um, all right, so I mentioned like creative guru because uh, at least in my circle, you are by far the most creative guy. You have this creativity that flows through. And I speak about the importance of creativity in this, that we are creative beings. We are inherently, that is our number one superpower to create yeah. uh, from thought, from word and from action, and then experience that in the material. And yeah. you're tapped into that, like, and you know it. But... I think that we, we're given different talents uh, in creativity, like different filters, right? Mm -hmm. uh, some people are way better dancers than other people, so they can create beautiful choreography. Um, how do you inspire people? Are there, is there any advice you can give some of us who are like, I'm kind of creative, like I used to draw when I was young, or I'm kind of creative, I like arts and crafts. How do we really tap into that powerful creative selves that we are? 
Yeah, I mean, first you got to let go of the judgment and the criticism that you're giving yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, our biggest, that's what's the most inhibiting is like, oh, I'm not this or I'm not that. I mean, creativity is about play and really creating the, you know, just being intentional about like, I'm just going to play without results, without any sort of expectations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's really how you kind of discover your passions and what you really enjoy is just like, are you making something that you enjoy? Are you enjoying this? Are you loving it? Go down that road, play a little bit more, or try, if you don't, try something new, try a new medium. Um, you know, I did AP art in high school, which they made us do every different medium. So like sculpture, mm-hmm. painting, photography, graphic design, and then we kind of like figured our way. I ended up going down the graphic design path, and then I became a photographer, and then everything just kind of came full circle. But mm-hmm. I think really it's about putting that intention and allowing yourself and giving yourself the space to play and experiment and even like you know sometimes it costs money to play uh, to like experiment with art you know because you're like <laughs> you spend all this money on a canvas or like paint you're like oh it's got to be perfect it's got to uh-huh. be perfect but you know what like you almost got to let that go and just like sometimes that best art is like a happy accident and even when I make my hats too it's like sometimes you know when I'm ideating and prototyping like I want to try something out but I'm like oh man this is like you know just for the materials cost me this much and I if I screw it up it's gonna like what I do with it but I got to get over that right and just keep experimenting and so what maybe it's gonna be good maybe it's gonna be bad Mm -hmm. but you learn Mm. Um, but you know and I think creativity isn't just for artists I think everyone is creative like some people's art is building a business Mm -hmm. Some people's art is healing people, mm-hmm. you know, some people's art is, you know, creating content, so, you know, it's, it's different for everyone. And I think the, the idea is to activate that within yourself mm-hmm. and be in that constant space, because when you get into creative, when you get into flow states, right, that's also a healing state of mind mm-hmm. because you're in the present moment. And when you're in the present moment, you know, you're not worrying about the past or future. Mm-hmm. And when you're not worrying about the past or future, you are in a sense healing yourself flow state is the word man because when and i i think i best describe the flow state as again hyper present right no past no future don't have to worry about that and there's an inspiration that is coming through you and it's coming out like through the medium of like human being with your sensory nervous system so you're literally expressing a deeper self Mm -hmm. that is like beautiful and i i I think that we have this inherent appreciation for flow states yeah. because we know that we can tap into that. So like, watch, you like go to a ballet and you'll see like people in their flow state. They have their eyes closed and they're just doing this beautiful number mm-hmm. and you're just like totally encapsulated by it. Yeah. Or like you'll watch an artist like just with just painting and you know they're just flowing through it. They're not thinking. Yeah. How do we tap into that more? Like, are there any exercises or like, do we just do we just breathe when we're doing something? <laughs> like I want everyone to be in their flow. State. I mean, I think honestly, like doing some dopamine detoxes actually helps because that attention span. Like we're, I mean, I'm, I'm when I'm making stuff, I'm always checking my phone. I'm like, oh. why am I doing this? Because it's it, it's taking my attention away from the actual focus of like getting into the to the groove. And mm. I think creating the space to like let yourself flow and to play and like throw out the distractions kind of will it will allow you to access that flow state a lot in a more freer state a hundred percent so imagine like you're racing a car and you're on like this freeway and then you keep having to take pit stops you yeah. ain't ever gonna enjoy that race you yeah. know so what you're saying is like get out those obstacles yeah that are stopping you you know like yeah. tv phone 
you know, someone who's always calling, calling you up on the phone being like, hey, I want this other question. Just be like, I'm going on mute for an hour and a half. Leave me alone. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I was just playing around with this idea of creative blocks. I talked about it on Instagram posts yesterday, but like, you know, I was associated to like when you're out and people are on their phone all the time and yeah. it's like, you know, when you're creating content, if you're especially if you're a content creator, why don't you do it, create it in blocks and then put the phone away? That's a good idea. You know, I think creativity and accessing flow is kind of the same way. It's like, okay, create for like an hour and then and put everything away mm -hmm. and then really kind of dive into that project mm -hmm. and then come back to the phone or mm -hmm. come back to the other digital distractions mm -hmm. and like do a time check. Mm, I like that. Well, well, I'll, I'll actually put away the phone. I'll put on like some candles or like dim the light and I'll put on like some incense and then I'll like sit and I'll be like, all right, what am I inspired to draw or to paint or even to write? Yeah. Uh, and because you have to set, you have to set up the setting. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, like those obstacles are going to present themselves inevitably. Yeah. You're going to hear your phone ring. Someone's going to text you, <laughs> right? Or someone, you're going to get a new um, notification. Yeah. I love that dopamine detox. Again, everyone, we should challenge ourselves to do it. Um, yeah. Something that we were talking about and, uh, you know, we were sitting at lunch and you mentioned these principles. Okay. <laughs> and, and I was, I heard it, but I never went through the principles. But I think they're super powerful and, and uh, like a teaching point for a lot of us. Because maybe we can take some of these principles, add them to our life, and they'll inspire creativity. They'll inspire growth. They'll inspire better knowing of self. And this is all healing and health, right? Like this yeah. is tapping into deep parts of us that inevitably parallel themselves with healing. Yeah. And, and better better selves. What are these principles called and do you follow them and what are some of your favorite ones? <laughs> yeah, so I mean the basics are the seven hermetic principles. Which, hermetic. Hermetic, okay. yeah. The hermetics are like ancient teachings that kind of span across like, you know, you find them in all different types of religions or philosophies. Some of it like associated with Buddhism. You know, it's all um, all kind of different across the board but mm -hmm. they're they, they resonate the same and they're kind of based in the same they're rooted in the same seven um, but a couple of my favorite ones the first one is uh, mentalism so everything is created from the mind so that's kind of really what I'm all about is like really taking the idea of of creativity starting with like your mental power and deciding and creating the intention of, of what you want in life so Buddha says as you think the world creates is created around you mm -hmm. and that's exactly what it is so you know if you think about it in the in the more practical terms if you have a thought then you take an action and then that action produces a result right whether it's you're creating art or you're creating your life mm -hmm. it's all it's all the same like it, but it's really about taking that intention and creating with intention from the thought so if you're living and in, in that goes into like healing and in the space of our, if you're, if we're having how many thoughts, 80,000 thoughts a day and, mm -hmm. and most a majority of those thoughts are negative. Yeah. And if we're operating, if we're creating from a negative thought space, think about what you're going to be creating in your life. Yeah. Right. So the idea is to kind of step back and become more aware of the thoughts that you're having that are producing the actions mm -hmm. that you're taking to get the results. So if you're having more positive thoughts, more creative thoughts, then you can create more positive outcomes in your life that's mentalism that's mentalism so yes. mental and, and and it sort of aligns with uh quantum physics like quantum physics will say that like our thoughts are intimately tied with the reality we experience and we are actually players in what we experience and a, a book i read was biology of belief by um no mm. uh, well bruce lipton and then um the one by robert lanza i don't remember the name it was biocentrism oh wow. same thing it's like 
the, the world we experience is literally the manifestation of thought. And the thought is collapsing possibility into measurable and experiential reality. Yeah. Which is wild. So you see it in a quantum or like the quantum world, basically electrons, protons, neutrons, atoms, basically. They, they express the same way. But macroscopically, you know, we don't see that, that phenomenon happening. Mm -hmm. But I always question, does the phenomenon always happen? But macroscopically, we just don't see that illusion. We just see it as for what it is, mm -hmm. but it's always happening. And it's, it's interesting because hearing this hermetic principle, the mentalism aspect, I think it's so true. Like, yeah. that's, our th that's why I say thoughts create what you're experiencing. Exactly. Um, well, it's like, I mean, it goes back to like what we were talking about, creating your space or creating your surroundings. Like, if you think about how you're, you're creating your, your surroundings, that comes through thought, right? And then everything else kind of aligns with that, the people that you let in your life, mm -hmm. the things that you're into, mm -hmm. the, the surroundings of your apartment, that all comes with creative intention. Mm -hmm. And as you create, you know, think about that creatively, it, it starts to come to life and it mm -hmm. starts to come around you and you start attracting those types of people into your life. You know, you also want to be that person, right? You want to be the person that you want to attract mm -hmm. into your life. So, because so. everything is vibration. So literally the intention of living in a surrounding, let's say in nature here, I'm attracting people more of this vibration who are more creatives, who mm -hmm. are more like in touch with themselves in nature. Uh, inevitably, if I lived in, in, in the middle of like party central <laughs> New York, what am I going to attract? Like, you know, I may go, I start going out a little bit more. Like the yeah. decision, the intention with every decision you make is powerful. So I love the mentalism aspect. I think I've been living by that for a long time. Yeah. Hit me, hit, hit me with another one. Another one, let's see. Well, one of the seventh one, I guess they're not really in any particular order, but one of my other favorites is the balance of masculine and feminine energy. So Love we that. all have masculine feminine energy within us. Um, you know, obviously some people have more and, and you know, men typically have more masculine energy, yeah. women have feminine energy, but that's not always the case, especially now, obviously we see like, there's a lot more fluidity mm -hmm. in life. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that, you know, this principle is really about creating a balance of the two because I like to associate it with um, creating the masculine energy is like creating with intention, but then the feminine energy is kind of also allowing the space for magic to happen and to allow space for the synchronicity to happen and for all of that. And, you know, it goes back to, I, I created this whole hashtag create your moments a long time ago. And that had to do with it's, it's kind of this whole principle of when I do photo shoots, I create the structure, right? I, I intentionally create the elements that I want in the photograph from the location to the talent, to the wardrobe, to the lighting, to um, hair and makeup, mm -hmm. all that stuff, right? So you kind of set that up, create a direction, you know, you craft that out intentionally in, in, in a more masculine kind of sense of the word. And then once you get on set, once I get on set, it I, we just create in the moment and let it flow. And that's like the feminine energy is like, you let that magic happen. Like the, you know, you get the talent in the space with all these elements, but then the talent does this gesture or mm. the talent moves in this way. And you just capture this like beautiful moment that you can't really, it's hard to like really intentionalize that in the beginning. You like, can't, you can't just be like, maybe let like, this. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move around here. Or, uh -huh. or, you know, the talent brings their energy, right. And yeah. they, they're playing in this, in this, space and they kind of jump on this thing or they do this and then it creates this moment this this thing that you never even thought of ah. um art's the same way like you screw something up and you spill a piece you spill up paint on the canvas but then it makes this really cool shape and you're like oh 
there's that magic that the feminine brought in mm -hmm. because it was just that's the flow aspect of it so so tying this into into life like if you intentionally create what you can right like the setting and and the decisions you're going to make within that setting and then let the rest flow then you're balancing that masculine and feminine parts of your life like the magic happening by just letting the flow happen. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it was really interesting. I've actually just been thinking about this as over the last week of like, yeah, we we can we need we need that masculine energy to be like, I want to create this goal and this goal and I want to do this and this just to keep us like kind of moving forward, but the rest of it is like how like surrendering and letting go of the expectation of that actual result, right? And being okay with whatever happens and letting go of like the ego attachment of of that thing, of that achievement or whatever that is, and just allowing the universe to kind of create even more magic. But the, the, the less magic doesn't happen when you hold on to things so tightly no, never. and, and you clamp it and you, you shut it down mm -hmm. and you don't let the feminine rise up, right? If you let the feminine do its thing, life becomes really beautiful. It does because it flows. And it as flows. in the masculine and the hyper-masculine state, you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to achieve and this is how it's going to look and it's going to happen like this. And if it doesn't happen like this, I'm going to be anxious, angry, and I'm going to freak out, right? Yeah. But um, you're, like, what, like what you said is like understand like what you want to create, but, but see that the feminine, it's not always the way that you think it's going to happen, which right. is why I'm like, all right, well, this is what I want to experience. I have no idea how it's going to happen, but I'm going to allow it and, and releasing judgment. And by judgment, I mean like good or bad, right? Like, right. Right. Cause we, if something bad comes up, we're like, oh my God, like this isn't what I wanted to experience. Little, maybe you don't understand that that quote unquote bad happens. And the result of that explodes that into the good that you want to experience, you yeah. know, with, at the risk of being like good, bad, black and white. Cause it's all gray to me. Right. But, uh, the feminine, you just got to just be like, all right, let me create, but then surrender to the result. Yeah, exactly. Which is beautiful. All right. What's another principle that you, that you like? Any, any other ones that really um, resonate with I you? I do like as above, so below. So like everything you're, that's kind of going with what's in, in your inner world creates your outer world. So mm -hmm. this really guy kind of dives into like creative alchemy and, or alchemy in general and transmuting like your internal world into a higher vibrational state mm -hmm. so that what you're creating in your external world reflects that, right? So, um, you know, for me, like I went through a whole dark night of the soul a couple of years ago and just was like in this super dark space, like nothing was happening. I was like all my business like crashed. Mm. I went, I was like, I had just gotten through a, a breakup yeah. and all this stuff. And, you know, it took me a couple of years to really just like find all the modalities to go inward from breath work to plant medicine to meditation mm -hmm. to healing sessions and doing all these different things to really get myself to a space of wholeness and it really took everyday forward movements of like trying to transmute that energy from within from within my own like like dark hole in my soul wherever whatever wherever that was and really like working on it to like transmit that into a because I knew I want to feel whole again yeah and I knew I wanted to have like a purpose and feel like that high vibration but I was like down here and I had to constantly you know yeah I felt like I was in a hamster wheel just like mm. <laughs> and like going nowhere but I was actually moving somewhere because I was still making forward movement even though I didn't feel like it mm -hmm. and that's part of that now so now I'm in a higher space of vibration and I'm creating bigger results in, in my life again 
you know, abundance is, you know, back and coming, you know, it's like surrounding my life and, and you know, it's just, it comes through all these practices. So mm. your internal world is something to really be, you know, to work on and to, you know, get through those anxieties, those fears and those lower vibrational frequencies. And I wonder if before you went through this dark period, you made a declaration of what you want to create and then you got, ex you got presented with quote unquote the bad and you were like, oh no, I'm in this hole, but look how you've, exploded and ascended since mm -hmm. right so yeah again like we it, the expectation that we have maybe just surrendering and being like because i always tell this story that i met this guy adam at this party and i sat and, and he had a very well documented youtube breakup and he jumped into like a bad depression i mean this was like his fiance i believe wow I, I sat next to him i was like i remember i watched some of your youtube videos i was like how'd you get out of that and he said it was just surrender i tried everything i tried every like spiritual practice i had coaches everything he literally just said like i can be depressed for a year two years three years forever i'm just here and i'm surrendering to it and i think that that's the key of getting out of the hamster wheel right right all these hamsters we just try to get out of it and like yeah. we try to do instead of just be right like, and that being is like very powerful like just being like okay this yeah. is where i'm at and this is what i feel yeah, but I mean, also what I've noticed is like to get to a space where you can let go and surrender is the work, right? It took me 10 years, bro. Yeah. Are you kidding me? 10, <laughs> 10 years for me to surrender. Yeah. Finally, I moved to Topanga and I was like, all right, I got to surrender some stuff now. Yeah. 10. So. Well, the ego is so strong, right? Like yeah. we're so fed by the external validations of the ego that, you know, especially for me, like I built this whole ego around being this like big commercial photographer, shooting celebrities and big brands and all this stuff. And when that stuff started to kind of crumble just the way the business shifted my business like kind of started declining uh, that was where my self-worth was tied yeah. and I didn't know how to let go of that and wow. it took it took years to be able to surrender to it and it's yeah. even up until like the last couple of years being able to surrender to the ego of what fills you in this world mm -hmm. and then just like being okay let's just see where this goes uh, let's surrender and, and let the let the feminine take Take, take you where it's supposed to be. Yeah, and I think you mentioned something very important about identification because we identify so much with our work and our jobs and even religion and, and every other thing, right? I think when those things come into question, our, our sense of selves start crumbling or shaking. Mm -hmm. And I think that let's be aware of that. Let's be aware of where our false identifications are yeah. and who we think we are. Because when you allow that feminine and masculine to flow and when you're in that flow state you're sort of getting in touch with who you are and the who you are I tell you right now like it took me a long time to realize that the who I am is not doctor is not like guy New York City Latin man it, it's all just like fun like labels that we have in this experience yeah. but it's not real no, we're just an avatar we're just an avatar and the first time I heard that I go avatar I go wait a minute like the movie avatar and I was like Wait a minute, there was these characters, there was people playing these characters, and I was like, holy shit. This is so true. I was like, am I an avatar? I was like, is this, am I not really Christian? Am I something deeper? And that was the most powerful thing. Because yeah. you mentioned identification. Now, all of these fun labels that I have, they can leave, but I'm still, it, it's not gonna change me as a human being who I am deep mm -hmm. down inside. I think that's one of the most important lessons. That should be the, the, the Nick and Christian hermetic principle. <laughs> Let's make number eight. That's our principle. Like, be an avatar. Know that you're an avatar and you're something more powerful and beautiful and magnificent. Yeah. And optimize your avatar. 
like Optimize. take care of your al- for avatar. Sure. Like, for sure. Like feed it good, good, healthy, mm-hmm. healthy goodness. Mm-hmm. Work out, you know. Love openly, you know. Just, yeah. just give that avatar all the love in the world. Yeah. It ain't you. It's like take care of your car as much as you can. Give it good gas. Exactly. Give it a wash. You know, tell it you love it every day. Exactly. It's not you though. Yeah. I love. I love that we can. It's your meat suit, you know. It's the meat suit, and <laughs> I think Aaron Alexander was on my show, and he talked about like a sh- like a shoe. And like thinking that we're just this shoe the whole time. And then one, one day you take it off and you're like, you know, like you die or, you know, you go into a deep meditation or you have an experience. You take the shoe off and you're like, oh, shit, I'm not this, this worn out shoe. <laughs> I'm actually like way more, I'm a radiant foot. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that sounds like Aaron. Yeah, it sounds like something Aaron would say. And I, I, you know, Aaron, I, we played off of it. But um, I love that. All right. So uh, some tips before we end this, like. We want to be more creative. If I remember correctly, dopamine detox. Dopamine Major. detox, yeah. Um, being more present, letting in the masculine, feminine, um, being aware of your thoughts, anything else that you... Yeah, allow yourself to play and experiment. And... Now, what do you mean play? Like, a lot of us are like, play, play what? What is play? What does play mean to that to you, right? Yeah. Like, I think that's one thing to really think about. Like, maybe that's playing with a canvas. Maybe that's playing with, you know a camera Mm -hmm. maybe that's playing you know experimenting and and learning some things online Mm -hmm. you know building new business Mm -hmm. or you know a lot just give yourself time to kind of explore things that you enjoy like follow that resonance of i call it creative resonance and that's like that kind of like inner guiding system like where you feel like a higher vibrational feeling or a high like a a high feeling i should say when you feel high basically you're like whoa you're like whoa i feel high what is this you follow that and Mm. play more and experiment more with that because there's something there. Yeah. I like I like the definition of play like without expectation. Just be yes. like kids. Do they have expectation with what they're doing? No, they're just playing, you know. And yeah. we we have a mutual friend, Tracy, she has like these activations in her house that allow play. She has a trampoline. She has like this this balance beam. She has like this balancing board. There's always some, throughout her day like she'll be on business calls, but she'll also like play. So she'll tap into her inner self mm-hmm. because that inner self as we were kids remember we were super present shoot i would like pl- i would like just play with a leaf for an hour and there's no <laughs> such thing as like paying bills or there was no such thing as like oh wow like i should have done this yesterday yeah that monkey mind is off self-referential center so yeah let's play it. more play in the sandbox play create, in the sandbox. well that's another theory too is to create a sandbox so you can play right give yourself parameters and then like space to go play inside of it. literal sandbox or no like, i mean if you want a real sandbox uh, why not whatever if you want to go build sandcastles go yeah. create a sandbox and build uh, some sandcastles whatever yeah. resonates with you the yeah. most i love that man what a brilliant guy you are a beautiful soul so how do we uh find you like find out what you're doing what you're up to where, where do we go yeah, you know, Instagram, at Nick Onken, N-I-C-K-O-N-K-E-N, mm-hmm. is probably the best way. You can get to everything from there. My mm-hmm. website that I just dropped is uh, onken.co. Onken.co. Okay, yeah. we could check you out there. I know on your Instagram, we can click links for to watch your beautiful photography, which is like, yeah. I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, well, damn, this is like real photography, like <laughs> professional, like Michael Jordan level of photography. It is beautiful, the shots that you do. Even Thank if you're into photography, just follow that page. It's beautiful. And then if you're into the hats, which I got, I got one of the beautiful hats that yeah. you have the Ankin hat, like, and it's, they're just, I've never seen hats like this. Yep. Super creative, super customized. 
I remember when I told you I wanted the hat, I said, listen, this is what I want, but do your creative freedom. You yeah. can't tell a creative to just like do exactly, <laughs> you know. Um, and, and any other projects, anything coming up for you or are you just? Um, yeah, we're relaunching the podcast. Nice. Um, what is it? It's Onkin Radio. Okay. So that'll be, everything will be linkable from the Instagram. Perfect. Yeah. All right, brother. I appreciate this conversation. I feel more creatively inspired. I know the listeners and the viewers are on fire with this. So thank you very much. Thank you. I knew I wasn't off when I said how good this interview with Nick would be, but I really was blown away about and encouraged about dopamine detoxes. I, I really need to start doing it myself. I hope you learned that you can do it all yourself. He gave some awesome tips on creativity and really empowering stuff on masculine and feminine and how to keep that balance because we all, all of us possess these qualities and it's about tapping into it every single day and showing up with these beautiful, beautiful qualities. Thank you for rating. Thank you for reviewing. Thank you for subscribing. Hope you love this show. I'll see you next week.